Um, when I do these videos, these where you stumble videos, you know, I'm, I'm trying to understand humans. I'm trying to understand why a person does something the same way why I do something. Like, I may not say something that I really want to say because I, I'm embarrassed or I don't want to know the outcome or whatever, right? And, and I notice that that happens with a lot of people. It's not malicious. It's, um, it's fear. It's, uh, you know, trying to please people, trying to make sure that people don't get hurt. And, and it's obviously, I'm making assumptions. I'm making the assumption that if I say something to someone, they're, they're going to either misunderstand what I'm saying, or they're going to be hurt. Maybe they do understand what I'm saying, but it's going to hurt them. So, you know, we do that. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I start, why I, I want to do these interviews, because I think people want to be heard and they have things to say. Yep. Yep, I agree. But why is that? Why do you think we hold back? Like, why do you think we we hold back on on sharing information sometimes? Um, I mean, you mentioned like we we want to please other people and it's not for no reason. We are social creatures. And if we were completely rational, logical beings, we just wouldn't be animals. We wouldn't be human. And, you know, a lot of time people they frame things like peer pressure and things like that as negative reasons for believing something. But I don't think it's very, it's, I don't think it's that black and white. Like, yes, it's, you know, coercion and those things. Those are manipulative things and they're usually bad, but we also do need community. And so it's a matter of like, which community is the right community or the right community. Um, and there's no formula for knowing that it's just a matter of like you just have to make a choice and see what you feel the least miserable about i mean you mentioned peer pressure and it sounds negative but peer pressure can also be positive your peers are people you surround yourself with and in all case not in all cases peer pressure is not negative right peer pressure mm -hmm. could be positive um, the thing with the, I think it's the wording, like the pressure to have to do th something yeah. or want to do something because your peers um, want you to do it. It sounds negative, but in again, it's. I think it's. I think it's neutral. It's it's dependent on the on the circumstances. It's you know, some you can pressure someone to leave a cult, and they'll also have. Uh, contradictory pressures to stay in that cult yeah. and so you know both uh, both of those things are peer pressures in the opposite direction and you know the the quality of being pressure from a peer isn't what makes it good or bad it's more like you have to weigh weigh what the actual decision is yeah makes sense i you know i think um and you mentioned that you know we are social beings we need other people around us yeah, we need communities, we need tribes. Got to work on the follow-ups. Yeah, I pulled up an email because I was talking about this a couple days ago with my friend. I was talking about, and I was talking about this with you before, about 
I get disheartened when I think about rhetoric, when I think about logos, pathos, and ethos, because most of the time people are change, changing their minds not because of logos, you know, because something made them feel compelled. Explain or that for the viewers. Okay, so we have Aristotle who uh, described three different aspects of rhetoric, and rhetoric is just the quality of how persuasive you are in a conversation, your oratory, your skills. Um, so we have three components that can make someone persuasive or not persuasive. You have logos, which is your logic, your facts, your reasoning. You have pathos, which is an appeal to your emotions, making you feel personally connected to an issue. And then you have ethos, which is your credibility. Are you trustworthy? Do people trust you? Do they believe that you're coming from a place of authority? And so most of the time, um, people are more compelled by pathos and pathos and ethos. And Aristotle himself even believed that ethos was the most important component because if people don't trust you, they will not be compelled by anything you say, even if you're saying true things. And so I've just become like become somewhat disillusioned by all of this um, because facts don't influence people as much as you would want them to. And it's it's not just like a, a personal thing. It's not a, a specific ideology. It's just a matter of being human and we're compelled to our communities and things that make us comfortable, not just because we're irrational, but because being comfortable helps us survive. Yeah. So, you know, we thrive off of communities and things. So anything that can keep us secure in those communities, that's what we're going to uh, strive towards. So it makes sense that people go to social media to, to look for things that validate their worldview. Yeah, and you know, not just not just social media, just anywhere where you well, can find easy. something to. Yes, it is a lot more. It's more accessible in social media, but just anything that can validate your worldview where you are, without disrupting any of the foundational ideas that built you to get to that place. Yeah, that's uh. Those are the tough. Those are the tough ones where you have people that go to places to to solely validate their worldview because it makes them feel good but they're really not looking at um at the worldview itself they don't really yeah, yeah. um they don't really in evaluate their whole view their point of view what they're thinking they merely want to get that that um justification or that that gratification yeah. for for having someone else agree with their worldview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's another word uh, called telos. It's another Greek word. And the sort of English one is teleology. Teleology is basically being goal-oriented or purpose-oriented. So when you're evaluating any worldview, you know, that's where you can see where people have different talos, where people that are looking just for that gratification, their talos is very community centered, where their goal is, I just want to feel comfortable in my group. I just want to belong um, where someone else's talos might be. I want to discover an objective truth, an objective morality above all else. And so 
you know, they're not going to be prioritizing um, their place in a community. They're not too worried about belonging or finding a place in that system. How do you, how do you approach someone to try to get them to see that maybe their worldview is wrong or not wrong, but you know, that there are other worldviews that maybe they're not even giving a chance to, right? Because they're just not evaluating and really dissecting their own, uh, their own ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the past couple of years, I have learned that you can't really tell people stuff that, that is contradictory to their worldview. You can't tell them explicitly because they're not going to receive it as this person is teaching me something. They're more likely to perceive it as this person is attacking my worldview and they're threatening my security in my community. And so instead of telling people things, I just ask them to tell me their thing, you know, and have them spell it out for me. And I ask more questions and, you know, try to get to the bottom of it. And the fancy word for that is street epistemology. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. It's so, one of my favorite things. I mean, it, it makes sense to, um, you know, when you question someone's worldview, you are questioning b- what they think is their essence. Yeah, and their, their entire reality. Yeah, the per- their purpose, right? Some people's mm-hmm. worldview is their purpose, or at least at that moment, unless they really want to, um, to understand that there are, not, the, not understand, but I think people know Obviously, they know that others have different views, yeah. but they just choose to... to they have uh, misconceptions about what it means to believe something different. Yeah. So a lot of people from like a Christian perspective, they think that the word atheist means devil worshipping. But somebody who identifies as an atheist will tell you, I don't worship yeah. Satan. I don't even believe he exists. And so there's this like very obvious disconnect between what people believe other people believe and there's no way for them to know what other people believe. Yeah. But that's actually a good statement because the problem there is that, you know, the, and this is, you know, not all Christians, but some Christians that I've had conversations with, um, I can tell them like, I don't believe in the devil. And they're like, no, you do because you don't believe in God. It's like, no, that's not the way this works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> nobody no... knows what's going on in here yeah. better than myself yeah that you can't you. tell me yeah i is- exactly i assure you that you cannot <laughs> tell me what i believe and mm-hmm. and you know i think that that's um i don't know what the word is for it but it's um it, it's uh, and obviously it's wrong to assume that you know yeah. what someone else yeah. is thinking because it's they because they it, don't it's know. a it's a few things you know like telepathy it's it's not real mm-hmm. despite what my, some people might think um unless unless somebody proves me wrong i have to assume that telepathy is not real i haven't seen it demonstrated um but i i also think a lot of people are too confident in their empathic skills and their ability to tell what other people are feeling and thinking they're just too confident and most of the time it's because they're projecting what they would feel and they would think in someone else's shoes and st- instead of like what is that person thinking so that brings so, us uh, back you know that to the yeah, beginning yeah i was going to say like 
in that circumstance, a Christian is saying, if I didn't believe in God, I would be worshiping the devil. And so they're assuming that somebody who identifies as atheist, again, not all of them, but somebody in that position would assume that somebody who identifies as atheist is worshiping the devil. But most of us aren't doing that. And you would never know that unless you were actually atheist or unless you actually listened to an atheist when they told you that. Yeah. And that brings us back to assuming that you know what someone else is is thinking and i've done that before right not in the not in a, a religious sense but in 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 sometimes i think i know what someone's thinking and i know i'm wrong because yeah there's no way i can't know unless you tell me and even if you told me i might interpret it differently than how you want me to receive it and it's that's not easy to change you know we we were shaped a certain way, shaped by our environment, our parents, our upbringing, you know, teachers, friends, and circumstances. And it's hard to unlearn these type of habits where, and again- But we, we also rely on these habits. They're not all bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you do have to make a guess about what someone feels like. And it's, it's hard to know when is a good time to apply a skill and when is a good time to not assume and just ask, like, it's not a perfect. And you know, yeah. And that brings, see, we can do, we can go on forever with these, but it brings up on that topic of if, if you think someone is feeling down or depressed, um, you, you can make that assumption without, you know, I'm not making the assumption with judgment. I sincerely <laughs> care about, how that person is feeling. So I am making the assumption and then I'm going to approach them and ask because I do care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, and, and that's a case or a circumstance where you do want to, at least to an extent, um, think about what they're thinking. So that way you can help mm -hmm. them. That's, you know, yeah. and you know, that's a, you know, that's a serious topic. That's a serious uh, subject, you know, depression and, and being able to to recognize it, you know, because yeah. a lot of people are functioning, high functioning, uh, depressed people. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, and it's dangerous that that word functioning, it, it brings us back to Talos, I think, because people talk about high and low functioning, and it's always in a capitalist lens, it's functioning in terms of your capitalist output, you you go to work and you do the job, therefore you're high functioning. Yeah. But you go home and you haven't showered for a week, you haven't done your dishes, and that should qualify as low functioning, but as long as you're, you've got your, your output, you know, your monetary output, that's qualified as high functioning. Yeah, that's and it's terrible. But these yeah. are the things that we should talk about and, and people should talk about and really make the distinction of yeah, you're high functioning because you can get up at six o'clock in the morning, put in eight, eight to 12 hours of work. Uh, and from that lens, right, your employer mm -hmm. doesn't see anything else. They only see your yeah. your output um, as an employee, but they don't see that the other, you know, uh, hours of the day that you're not working, you're falling apart. Yeah. How would they know that? you're high functioning in the you know in cap in a capitalist society but you are destroying yourself yeah in the ways that matter you're not functioning yeah i mean jesus what a topic what a yeah. topic i'm gonna um end because i have to 
get some other stuff done but this was really good we put in 16 minutes of of some some you know some good um, yeah. good stuff we we touched on a lot of stuff that i want to touch on but in a deeper sense maybe invite a guest and yeah, and yeah. um you know we'll continue this this was good very very good i liked it yep and i didn't even blur out the background i got the whole studio mess back here but <laughs> This is the real, right? This is the real. This is the reality of the studio, not what you see when it's uh, designed, you know. And that's exactly what the real world is, right? I can put on the studio set, and everybody sees it, and they see, oh wow, this looks amazing. It's 4K video. It's got a nice background. The sound is amazing, but that is produced. There's a production that takes place there. You got to look at the real world. I think this is a better look. All right. Good stuff.